Hi, everyone. This is Samuel Fritz. The purpose of this podcast is to empower and inspire so that everyone can achieve beyond the potential they see in themselves. Welcome to the Highly Effective Band Room. This is episode 10 of the Highly Effective Band Room podcast. How I teach rhythm reading. Learn all about my methods next. Like many of my music teacher friends, I feel that I really learned how to count rhythms when I was in college. I learned because I encountered rhythms that I couldn't perform, and my teachers had to find a way to strengthen my understanding. I was taught how to count and vocalize rhythms better and in more detail than I learned in junior high and high school, although I thought my teachers did a great job with teaching rhythms in my younger years. I wonder, though... If I walked into every lesson in college never making a rhythmical error, I, I know that's unlikely, but stay with me, would I have ever been asked how I counted rhythms? My college professor was a great rhythmic counter, but was he the world expert in brain research, applying his knowledge to number counting, or did he just teach me the way that he learned? Did he change and modify his teaching to fit the needs of his students, or was he teaching it just like he learned it when he was in college? Was his teacher the leading expert on rhythm? I think all these questions, you can see how it can really get out of control fast, but it really starts to make you question how we teach rhythm reading. Sometimes we teach it the way we were taught just because we don't want to offend our teachers or we don't know any other way. But whatever the reason, I was no different when I started teaching rhythms. I delivered music instruction just like I was taught. I taught my students how to count using numbers. And I had a very elaborate system of big and small numbers, complete with the parentheses and subdivisions to indicate rests. Oh, and by the way, saying the word rest in a performed silence is not really the best way to teach silence, but it seems like common sense now. I did it. It seemed like a good idea at the time. And just because it's what I taught... And what I did doesn't mean that the methodology or philosophy is necessarily the best practice. Over my 20-year teaching career, I believe that number counting is not the best way to teach rhythmic vocalization, and it actually creates more confusion in the long run. Quite simply put, number counting is not best practice. In our music department, we've adopted the counting system of Takadimi developed by Don Esther at Ball State University. I use the description counting system to get your mind on vocalizing rhythms, but Takademi does not use numbers and it doesn't use counting. It is a beat-based system. There are many, many advantages to this system, but the best is that it mirrors learning to read rhythms in beat groups just like we learn to read words. First, you learn the letters of the alphabet and learn to read basic words. And that's the same way we learn rhythms using the Takadimi system. We also, in learning how to read words, we learn to hear them first, and then we learn to read them. I know that if I modeled for my class on saxophone, not one person would come in and say, that's bad teaching. Oh, you're just modeling for them. But we have this idea that teaching rhythm through modeling is taboo and wrong and inappropriate. But that's how we learn how to read words. We don't pronounce words differently based on where they occur in a sentence, so why do we insist that counting rhythm depends on the beat that it 
happens on. This system uses the same syllables for rhythmic values regardless of what be they occur. It is way less confusing for students as they can perform complex rhythms quicker as they learn to see them quicker, just like reading words. One of the beauties of this system is that the syllable that, that's used is not duplicated unless it aligns with another value. Let's take, for example, four eighth notes in a simple meter. Uh, we would vocalize that in Takadimi, ta-di-ta-di. A group of six sixteenth notes in the same meter would be vocalized, tavakidi-dama. Now, the syllable D is the upbeat in both patterns. So we use D when it's the upbeat, ta when it's the beat. There's no breakdown of the syllable and no need to make up silly words for quarter note triplets, for example. Okay, side note here. I was taught that those were called drag triplets as you drag them to make them fit over two beats. So I don't have to make up words to make those things align. I just show my students how we actually get the syllables and then we perform them precisely. So let's take, for example, that quarter note triplet. Basically, what I would show my students is that it's two groups of three eighth notes in six eight time, let's say, for example, or anytime we see group three eighth notes, we would say takida, takida. So to perform a quarter note triplet over two beats, it's ta, da, ki, ta. Use the same syllables as if you were tying two of those eighth notes together. You don't have to make up words for it. It has no breakdown. Now, when we're sight reading in Takadimi, if we're seeing a new rhythm for the first time, we break it down into its components, kind of like identifying the letters of a word, quarter note, eighth notes, beamed, half note, and so on. Then we try to connect it to our prior knowledge. So I might ask students, is this rhythm found in another piece or is it found in another one of our rhythm studies? Because it's beat-based, students see the connection to prior knowledge faster. It doesn't matter if the pattern occurred in 2, 4, 3, 4, 4, 4 on beat 1 or beat 10, it's, they see the beat groups just like words. They can identify them and repeat them with little coaching. Next, when we see a new rhythm, I'll ask them to audiate, which is self-talk silently in time, the rhythm, and then vocalize it using the Takadimi syllables in tempo. And then finally, I ask them to perform the rhythm in tempo aloud on a static pitch or as notated in their music. And I've noticed that there's a much more reliable transfer. I've noticed that there's a much more reliable transfer from vocalization to performance as the syllables more, uh, they feel more like articulations to the students. So if we say ta di ta di, it's a little easier to translate that to your instrument. And percussionists can say them while playing, and the number of the count doesn't get in the way. I've seen that a lot where percussionists try to count and play and they just lose track of what number they're on. Plus, this system, just just side note here, is developed uh, from tabla drumming syllables. So if it works for some of the most complicated rhythms in music, then I'm good with using it in grade 3 band music. Heck, grade 0.5 band music for that matter. I've never found that clap it, count it, say it, play it, is a very helpful in my own playing as clapping really didn't do anything for me to help transfer it to my playing. So I find that Takadimi is a much better system for that. So your turn to take action. Look at specifically at your counting system and objectively see if it breaks down anywhere. Triplets is the first place to look. Are you a group 
uh, of musicians that teaches your kids to say triple it, triple it, or one ola, two ola, or lollies, or whatever you say, that's a repeated, that's not following your standard system of counting, and you're having to use repeated syllables. In Takadimi, there's a new syllable for each type of rhythm. So is it really best practice, the way that you're teaching rhythms, or is it just the way that you were taught? And I would say, secondly, look up Dr. Esther's work, Dr. Don Esther from Ball State University, and try it out for yourself. Experiment a little bit with Takadimi and see what you can come up with. Thank you so much for listening. And if you want to learn more about my philosophies and beliefs on teaching and learning, visit my website, thehighlyeffectivebandroom.com, and follow me on Twitter at Samuel Fritz. Until next time, keep building those light bulb moments one glorious mistake at a time.